sure. Yeah. So, your name is Marky Cambronero. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's me. And uh, you have been in uh, this church, in this world, for how long now? 22 years so, and X amount of months. So, you're a young adult. You are Gen Z, my friend. Yeah, I'm Gen Z, but I don't like to consider myself Gen Z. Well, no one likes to consider themselves yeah. anything, right? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm a millennial, but I don't, I don't want people to think of me as a millennial. Right. I'm a millennial with a podcast, uh, so... Look at that. Yeah, another there you one. go. Another one. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, so tell me about yourself, bro. Like you, I know, I know what you do. Right. But just kind of like, you know, let the 25 people that don't know you. 25 and then some. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll Baptist count it for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm 22 um, and I've been here at this church, Petersville Baptist, my whole life dedicated as a baby, you know, the whole nine, um, came to know the Lord at 15. And at that time, you know, I had aspirations and dreams to, you know, want to play professional sports, yada, yada, yada. Um, things didn't work out in that direction. Um, whether it was physical stuff or just, maybe I just wasn't good enough. I mean, humbling myself as I say that, but you know, (laughs) that's probably the truth. And so just trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to get to school? Like, college you know like what is it going to be after high school you know what's what's my future um at 17 god called me into ministry but i was ignoring it for about 10 months and so i went through basically my senior year just still trying to figure out what i wanted to do and so you know fast forward now like i finally obeyed and i've been in ministry doing youth ministry now for about five years and so you know studying now to to hopefully one day, you know, pastor a church, you know, actually my, my ultimate dream, you know, Lord willing is to plant a church. Wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking big, you know, but I'm passionate about the church. I love the church. Um, the purpose of the church is something that I am, I'm strong headed about, you know, and, um, I just love serving the church, serving God's people, you know, and reaching communities. You know, that's, that's my heart. That's my passion. I didn't think I would be in this position. You know what I mean? If you were to ask me, five years ago 10 years ago i would have never thought like i didn't like church five years ago you know but here i am now loving the church as much as i won't say as much but i mean almost as much as i love christ because like yeah i mean christ is the head of the church and so i love christ and i love serving his people i love expanding the gospel and and um just being used by him so you are what we would call a generational unicorn uh, just because, uh, and that was a joke, by the way. Okay. So I'm sorry. Ha ha. Uh, <laughs> and what I mean by that is, not many 22 year olds would say, "I love the church." Right. Almost as much as I love Christ. Yeah. I have this calling. I know it. My dream is to plant a church. I think almost everyone's dream today is not related to that at all. I mean, nothing it's, at all. It's um, you know, it's trying to make it, you know, in the in the world. It's trying right. to be successful it's, it's make money pur- and the american dream right right and uh you're not pursuing that and so that's interesting to me yeah you know, that's interesting it should be interesting to a lot of people because again this is rare and that's why i said unicorn in the sense that right you don't hear this often of course and so uh dude you know i, I wanted to talk about like the challenges of being a christian uh-huh. Uh, and I think that we should definitely have another conversation about why church matters. Yes. So um, we'll have to break this up into two. 
but let's let's talk about the challenges, and then um, we'll, we'll talk about you know just uh, why why church matters. And so okay. yeah, um, so so you're 22. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure you've seen how crazy it is out there. Um, you you also you work for Youth for Christ. I do, and so then you also get to do a lot of urban ministry as yes. well. Yes. So tell me firsthand. What are the challenges <laughs> maybe that you face as as a 22-year-old wanting to pursue this calling right. uh, that God has placed in you? And, uh, well, I think it's almost like water and, and, and oil, I guess. It just, it just almost it feels like it doesn't mesh. Yet when I see you, because I've seen you uh, in the schools, I've seen you minister, you're just like, man, you're just gelling. There's just something about it. So what are the challenges that you see? And how does that affect, how has that affected you per se to get to the point where you are right now? Yeah, there you go. Let that one sink in. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think it was a, a come the Jesus moment. I know we say that as like cliche, but I feel like I had one of those moments. Like I told you, like God called me into ministry when I was 17, I was at a camp and, um, you know, basically like in that moment, I was like, you know what, Lord, like next year I'm going to go to college. It's the summer before you know, I graduate and I say, Lord, next year I'm going to go to college. I don't know what I want to do, but I know that whatever you ask of me, I'm going to follow. I made that commitment. I made that prayer on a, on a campfire night and, um, and boom, next thing I know, it's like ministry opportunities come popping left and right. And our church was in a time where it's like a lot of transition happening. So I thought, you know what? Like, I know I love Jesus, you know, and I know I love the church. And I think at, at that time I started to discover that love that I had for the church. And so I was just kind of doing it because a role needed to be filled. Mm. I didn't realize that it was like God sending me signs that like, you know, like this is what I have for you. So, so how, how do you see these signs, bro? I mean, how do you see them? Because remember, I'm trying to think about 17, you said? I'm 17. At the time, right? Yeah. So how, bro? Because what do you think when you're 17? I know for a fact you're not thinking, man. I want to follow Jesus and plan a church. Yeah, I'm thinking like, I want to go to school. I want to go to college. Like my dream college was UCF. I was like, I want to go there. I just want to graduate. You know, I want to have fun. I just, I just want to be like a regular college kid. Like who, that's Who were some people that you were looking up to uh, that were making you say, you know, I want to go to UCF as opposed to UM or some other university. Just out there. all my friends were wanting to go there. Like in high school, like, I didn't really have, like, I knew a lot of people, but, I mean, I had a circle of friends, and that circle of friends was going to UCF, and they weren't bad kids, they weren't bad influences, but just me and my comfortability with them, like, I wanted to be with them, and I knew that UCF was a good school, I knew that UCF is actually an overpopulated school, which is, like, it fits in for me, because I just like being surrounded by people, so I just thought that the school, the environment, it wasn't too far from home. I just thought it made sense, you know, affordable, relatively affordable, I guess, for those kind of universities. So, yeah, it's like, I just I just wanted to go to UCF, and so, like, just my senior year, I was just buying time and just trying to get by, so, yeah, I'll just do this, like, church thing on the side and, and serve our church, but, like, God was really showing me, and, and to answer your question, like, how do I see those signs? Like, as I started doing it, I started to realize that what I was doing had a positive effect for the gospel. Like, I realized that, like, particularly in youth ministry, like, students were looking up to me. Students and, were, Wait, and you were a high school student? And I was a time? high school student. Yeah, I was a high school student. And, and like, other kids, like, my peers, like, people in the same grade were asking me to, like, pray for them, you know? Um, at 18, our church asked me to preach on a Sunday morning. 
It was like, it was the things that I was doing while serving the Lord, humbly doing it. And the church is realizing like, okay, like this kid has a calling and I didn't realize it, or maybe I chose to ignore it, but I was like, okay, like I'll do it because I love what I'm doing. I didn't realize that it was God showing me like, this is the plans that I have for you. And so at that time, I was really wrestling with an identity issue, I would say. Like on one end, like I wanted to be like this college kid, you know, that just wanted to go and pursue my dream, wanted to make a a living for myself, you know, just a regular American, you know, blue collar guy. And here on the other hand, I'm thinking like, okay, like I'm seeing how God is using me. And I really like this, but it's not normal for me at 17. Like maybe at 30 or 35 or 40, I'll come back to this. Okay. But I'm, I'm too young. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. It kind of reminds me of that calling that Jesus had where, you know, he said, he, he, hey, can I follow you? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah. I want to follow you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You want to follow me? Go, you know, follow me. Right. And yeah. he's like, well, first, uh, and this is the Pelagi edition, by the way. Okay. <laughs> first, uh, let me bury my father. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've preached. <laughs> I've done, I've done that before. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, well, we, we know historically that the burial process would take about a year. Yeah. And so if you want to follow Jesus's calling, if you want to follow him, then it's like, you got to drop, you got to drop everything and go. And so, but man, I don't know, bro. Cause I'm thinking about our culture today and I'm thinking about our friends. I'm thinking about your friends, I'm thinking about everyone that may, all those 25 people that may be watching this right now. Um, dude, how do I, like, how? How do you drop everything? Uh, how do you drop those, those dreams and, and, and say, you know what, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this instead. You know, like, what, what is that? And by the way, is that, maybe I'll do a compound question, but I, mean, I don't think that that's like an everyone thing. Like, I'm not, I don't think that everyone should like drop um, what they're doing, like oh, I want to be a doctor, right? Um, and I think you know I was at a camp message. I was epic. I think I need to be a pastor. Right, 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 right. Well, there's there's a there's a book by Shane Pruitt called Calling Out the Called. Right. And uh, I think it's helpful if you know if you're thinking about whether or not God is calling you. But you know, I don't I don't think it's it's necessarily for everyone to to have that call Absolutely. to ministry. Yeah. But but I do think that Jesus does call all of us out of a lifestyle into holiness mm-hmm. and i'll do the plug into the episode again <laughs> into the theme of the channel but into into a new lifestyle and it may in some sense be like what you're experiencing right. but in other senses it's it's totally different it's like you know i need to drop these friends i need to drop this direction that i'm going mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. so so for you like what like just just a cry night on wednesday night at a, at a mean, camp is that what it was i, mean, I don't i don't know if i mean I I'm pretty sure that was the moment that that God like I committed myself to the Lord. I didn't know what his plans were, but I I I promised to him that wherever you call me, I'm going to be obedient. And for the first like 10 months afterwards, like I was just ignoring that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it took a lot of prayer seeing what was going on, but then also like going through scripture because like coming out of that camp, like I was just on fire for Jesus. Like, you know, like that typical youth that has been impacted by a camp and they're on fire for Jesus. But I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen that nor experienced that. Yeah, ever. but <laughs> I'm 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 probably gonna say something that you've probably haven't heard of often. It's that like usually that fire would last two weeks, maybe a month. This one lasted like two years. It Whoa. Was, it was like I'm in scripture every day. And I, I'm seventeen 
You know what I mean? And I think reading scripture, I started to realize the benefits of being obedient to God and how when you're faithful to him and his faithfulness meets your faithfulness and how like his plans is always better. And so I wanted to choose my plans. I wanted to go my route and I wanted to follow Jesus. And I made that very clear to him. But my actions were saying otherwise. And it took God really putting a lot of like blockages like along the way to make me realize like, okay, like you're telling me this, but I mean, there is a cost to this and you have to understand that. I'll give you an example. I'm applying to all these colleges, right? I told you UCF is my my dream college. And so I apply to UCF, apply to different schools as well. And I don't hear a response. Like a college doesn't accept me or doesn't decline me. So I apply to UCF early in the, in the senior year. And then I have some friends that are telling me like, yo, I got accepted. Did you get accepted? It's like, no, I haven't heard back. So I even reapplied. So I applied to UCF twice. And you're you're like part of the debate team. You're like, yeah, you're, bro. You're, you're not like, I had a, I you're had, not shooting from the hip when no, you go to school. Like. I had, I had good test scores. I had a 3.8 GPA in okay. my senior year. So you're a good student. So I'm a good student. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I was a student athlete. I was committed and to debate for four years. So I know colleges love that kind of commitment. You know, uh, my community service hours were good. Yeah, you definitely, I mean, this is not a plea for a UCF to you right, know, right. get you know, right now, but you definitely are fit the mold. For I sure. fit the mold yeah. 1,000%. And it's like, I'm applying, I probably applied to about 10 different schools. Mm. I got waitlisted once. No college accepted me. No college declined me. Like, I haven't gotten an email. I haven't gotten a letter in the mail. It was the weirdest thing ever. So now you're thinking, now what? Yeah, it's now, now what do I do? So now it's, about to be decision day and i'm i'm at this point i'm already preaching i'm leading like small groups you know i'm at this point i'm basically leading our youth ministry yeah and it's like all right god like i think i'm gonna actually commit to what you're calling me to do whoa and i was like it's clear that you don't want me to go to school at least a secular yeah yeah because i i get it because sometimes we ask for signs right and uh, we we ask for like well you know, if you could just make it clear for me, God, could right. you just make it clear? Right. I mean, hello, can you make it any more clear than than that? And so I, yeah, um, you know, I was um, I was at a class uh, with uh, Dr. Allison uh, from Southern, and uh, he he was talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit uh, prevented uh, Paul from mm-hmm. preaching the gospel in a certain region when he was doing his missionary travels. Uh, The passage says he he was prevented from or prohibited by uh, the Holy Spirit. And we think, how how does that happen? Like, why would the Holy Spirit do that? Like, why why do we see God working in this way? Right. And, uh, and, I mean, the, the, the cliche thing is God closes the door to open up a new one. But, no, think about it. Like, that's that's exactly what was happening in your life. Like literally, okay, I have a calling for you. This is where I want you to go. I mean, God is sovereign. He's going to make himself known. You're just not going to have a, uh, an opportunity to to say, nope, I, I'm not going to do that if God really wills this for your life. And so uh, I guess the part that I'm intrigued by is how quickly you were in tune with that because I have had friends and they'll have a door closed, and then they'll have another door closed, and another door closed, and right. they'll just insist yeah. that that is the thing that they have to do. I have a friend that tried to, on simple matters, try to buy a car. This was a long time ago. He knows who he is. Um, so, 
he tried to buy the same car nine different times. Wow. And uh, he finally ended up getting it the 10th time. The, the car that he ended up getting, which was that specific model, uh, ended up being the biggest nightmare in his life. I mean, he still has it to this day. And it's, it's probably been almost 10 years since he had, had this car. And I think it's a simple example of what it's like to not be in tune with like, hey, like, you know. Maybe, maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's not yeah. for you, buddy. In this case, maybe it is, you know, right? Because right. now he's, he's learned the tough lesson of man maybe i should just need to know what it is and by the way he's a believer he's you know and i'm not i also have to be careful not to speak into what do you know what animism is kind of so animism is this idea that you know everything is kind of like mysterious and superstitious we're like well you don't want to go that down that road because uh, you never know Mm -hmm. or you know ooh, that's a sign and looking at everything as a sign absolutely yeah bad right i agree i agree um i'm just saying you know there, there there are extraordinary exam events in our lives like the one that you're experiencing where dude you gotta be the kid that fits the mold into getting into one of these colleges why aren't you getting in and then here's the other thing you didn't fall into depression or did you fall into depression i didn't i didn't but i think i was comparing myself a lot because there's another guy that comes to our church i'm not gonna name his name but he was going to moody that summer like he also had that calling him and i in the same grade graduating the same year and so then I told him, I was like, all right, bro, like, I really think like God is calling me too. And so at the time he was trying to figure out like, all right, I'm going to go to Chicago. And like, if, why don't you apply? Let's room together. Let's save some money and let's, let's study together. I was like, yeah. all right, bet. So I felt like God was really opening the door because like, all right, God, like now I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to apply to the seminary and I'm going to get my life on the track that you want me to get. And the same thing that happened to me with the previous 10 colleges, Moody did the exact same thing. Wow. And I was like, what is this? Exactly. And so I, I got to a point where it's like, like, God, not want you to learn. Parents? Exactly. I was like, God, what do you want me? That's confusing, <laughs> isn't it? I was so confused. So I had to just settle for BC. It's like, I got to go to school. Like my mom is like, you got to go to school. Either you get a job or you got to go to school. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got to go to school, you know? So I, I just end up going to BC. But I think I was comparing myself because like I am seeing all of my friends from high school going to UCF. I am seeing a brother that I serve with in my own church being called to the same thing at the very same age that I am going to Moody. And here I am. And I just feel like I'm stuck in a wilderness. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. So at that time I felt very directionless. All I had was my church. All I had was the same fire and the same passion to serve, but I wasn't getting some sort of education behind it. I wasn't getting like, I guess the, um, the training necessary, right? Or or the recognition of like, yeah, I'm going to seminary, like I'm that guy. So I think at the time and looking back at it now, I was looking for some sort of like solidification or some validation, probably that's a better word of like, yeah, I'm doing this, you know? And that's very selfish of me because I started to make it about me. Mm. And I understood what God was doing and I understood how God was using me and I understood that what was going on with me was not normal. So I felt like I was the man. I felt like I was the golden child. You know, I felt like I was the prodigy. And so I wanted to do everything because I felt like I was that guy. It sounds like, although God has called you and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's like God is calling you but there's also this call to humility. Exactly. (laughs) Is that what you're trying to get to? Yeah, I didn't have that. I was definitely not humble at the time. You got to understand. Well, you got to be careful. If you claim the card humble, you know, you can't claim it, right? Because then you can't get a trophy. I guess. I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're (laughs) right. You're right. But I don't I don't know because I was also an athlete. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then that mentality of like when you work 
and when you know you're better than everybody else, it's like, okay, like there is a sense of pride that you have. And then uh, another aspect too is just as a man, like men, we just, we're just prideful, you know, because like, you know, we, right, you, you want to be the top. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like we're, we're the head of our home, you know, the head of our family, taking care of our wife and our kids or whatever. Um, and so we have that sense of like chin up kind of attitude, mm-hmm. but you know, at, at 17, 18, knowing that I was going to go into ministry, like I knew the calling was there. Like I knew God wasn't going to take away the calling, but I had to learn a very valuable lesson. And that is, it's not about you and it's about serving me. Mm. And it's about making yourself a servant for you to understand what greatness is. Wow. And, and that's exactly what Jesus told his disciples. Like I'm not trying to ask Jesus, you know, can I sit at your right hand? You know, like, like Mary was doing, but I needed to understand that I had to humble myself. I had to lower myself, right? Like John three thirty, like decrease so that yeah, he, he must, can increase. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I so decrease so he may increase. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I had to learn that lesson. And once I figured it out, and it took some time, it took a lot of conversations, took a lot of hard conversations. But once I figured it out, then I started to see how God was kind of opening doors. And, and that's where I am today now. And I think the challenge for me is, again, like identity, right? Like that's one of the challenges is that, like now that I am in ministry to the degree that I am, do I identify myself as like a minister first before a Jesus follower? Oh, and okay. that's that's the thing that like we have to wrestle with. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges in our culture because there's a lot of identity issues that we have. And so a lot of times we put what we do or who we identify with as far as like our culture or our race or like the money that we make, social class and all those different things. And we, we tend to look at ourselves that way instead of, like understanding that no like the lord is first and and our identity comes from jesus right you know what i mean especially now which is i mean i mean i'm interested you're saying this because i think that that's exactly what our culture is trying to do it's trying to shape us and mold us and make us into whatever identity it is that we we you know we ought to have according to the culture right um you know right now you have the issues with gender identity Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's about attaching your identity to your sexuality. Right. That's a big deal. You know, yes. I mean, if I if I attach my identity to my sexuality, then I am allowing myself, excusing myself to act on my sexual desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Christ doesn't call us to act on anything other than who He is in us. Exactly. And so we are made new in Him. Exactly. And so if we give ourselves into our desires and again sexual desires is one of them but any kind of desires that we have and we claim that to be our identity mm-hmm. right there that first of all that becomes our idol right right um and then i mean that we've we've lost exactly like, i think we've lost because you, you know as a believer you always have to remember that your calling is to be uh conformant to the image of uh, of god 100%, first and foremost you know, so. before any type of vocational calling or or you know occupational calling like our calling is in Christ. Yeah. So if you're a graphic designer, right? It's not like I'm a graphic designer. This is who I am and right. everything about me. I mean, um, no, no, no. You, you are a you are made in the image of Christ. Okay. Like you yes. are to conform into His image. You yes. are to be like Him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the definition of what Christian means: is to be like Christ. Christ. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so it's not like this thing you hang on on a wall, or is this, you know, thing you put in your bio. Though now probably putting follower of jesus or christian right uh is not necessarily like the the thing i guess most you know now people put their pronouns yeah uh, as opposed to you know putting who they want to glorify 
Exactly. Uh, so, well, this is what I'm going to glorify. I'm going right. to glorify this idea. I'm going to glorify this, um, um, this thing, whatever My it is. My sexuality or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. And again, and I'm saying we're saying that because that's that's what is in right now. But right. it's this hasn't always been the case. No, for sure. Usually, it's something else. Or, or yeah, I'm I'm thinking about the people that listen to those finance gurus on social media mm-hmm. you know i mean like i'm scrolling through social media i hear all of them and you know it's like if you want to make a billion dollars by 20 you know 50 this is the this is what you got to do like leave your family leave everything go move to dubai and uh you, you watch you'll, you'll you'll make it and so it's like they make you all these empty promises because they want to attach this identity this fake idea of this is who you need to be right i need to be a billionaire i need to be given into my desires i right. need to just claim all the riches of this world that that's what i gotta do and then you know you always have the other so it's like no you just gotta be loving and be be fair and mm-hmm. be gentle right and and and, and, and even and then it's like well according to who exactly like, according to who exactly and so if you're gonna be loving and gentle according to the culture then it looks very different than how christ calls us to be loving and gentle yeah. so it's always going back to you know being conforming to his image right. which is again a matter of holiness. A matter of holiness. So look at yeah. that. You know, it's like three times I've plugged in. There you go, man. The title of this <laughs> uh, uh, show, podcast, channel, whatever. Right. So, okay. So let's keep going because, um, man, I think we could keep going for a while. Now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you've got, you're 22. You're, uh, you're not, you're not single. You're, I know, I know your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, um, dude, I don't know. I, I, I am, I am astonished at, or maybe the word is amazed, I guess, when I see you at 22 and I'm 30, I'm, I'm turning 34 uh, in, in a few days from yeah. this recording. Uh, I will not be 34 eternally. <laughs> uh, but Wait, I'm, did someone give you a cross for your birthday? <laughs> no, bro. No? Oh, no. man. So yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So, um. Okay, but at 22, I know for a fact I wasn't thinking how you're thinking, okay? Now, I knew I had the calling. Mm-hmm. Um, 17 was my age as well. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I don't think I ran from it. I was serving in church. I was doing things. I, I just know I wasn't thinking like you're thinking. I wasn't thinking I got to dive into God's word. I, don't, I, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking I got this calling good. Let me just put it on the side. Let me serve in the church because, you know, right. that's that's all I know and that's all I can do. And I had a band. I had a business. I had things. I had, I, I had a bunch of stuff going on. At the time, I think I was working at AT&T or, um, um, or McDonald's or something. I don't know. I, I've worked everywhere. Okay. So, um, I, all I was thinking is, yeah, okay, maybe when I've made it, yeah. I'll go back. And uh, make a difference in the church or something right, like that. Right. And so, but you have not done that. You haven't. You haven't done any of those things. You have said, "What do I need to do now to pursue this calling?" And I know right now you go to seminary, mm-hmm. and uh, I know you're you're challenged in uh, with your work environment because well, I mean, actually challenged positively because right, right. You get to, I get to apply what I'm learning yeah. in the field. Yeah. Yeah, and so then you get you get to output. The input, right? Exactly. Away. Yeah. Um, so, what do you see in the in the in the ministry that you're doing? Like, what are the things that are popping right now? What is I say popping? Like, no one should say that, by the way. 
<laughs> what do you think is the thing that is driving everyone insane? Uh, would you say identity is a thing? Is there anything else besides I th- identity? I, th- I think identity is the thing because people don't know what they want and people don't know who they are. And I think that's that's the biggest thing because, I mean, for example, like the homosexuality thing, you know, like, that's the biggest identity crisis that we have in our culture today. And and being in youth ministry, like you hear a lot of like, I identify as this, I am this. And then you watch them grow up and they're no longer that, you know, I've had peers like that. And so what it tells me is that people don't really know who they are and they're probably following a trend or they're probably believing in a lie or whatever. And so what people are looking for is some sort of like this peace or some sort of this happiness, but that is of the world. And so it's void, it's empty. And so because of that, they're always searching. And so like being in the schools, it's like, I see that all the time. I get to have these conversations with with kids in their environment on campus. And they're telling me like some of the things that are in their head. They're telling me some of the things that they're thinking. And it's like, oh my gosh, like these guys, like maybe not physically, but just mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like there's a lot of brokenness and a lot of it has to do with they don't know who they are and they don't know what Christ can do as far as transforming them as a person, you know? So I, I think it all comes to identity, like in one way or another and, and identity then turns into idolatry. You know what I mean? Oh, Be- because that's big. Oh, come on now. Yeah, because now it's like okay. Once I think I figured it out, like I'm just gonna go and pursue that. You know, and man, there there's a verse in in Colossians chapter three. I don't remember exactly what verse number it is, but but Paul is, you know, listing a number of sins, and then he says which is idolatry, and some of these sins are like fornication and all these different things, and and I I interpret that to believe that like when we pursue a lifestyle that is sinful right or when we indulge in it all the time and he calls it idolatry because we are choosing to gratify our own flesh before glorifying god Mm -hmm. you know and so when we identify ourselves with something especially we know if it's not in christ now we're pursuing that gratification for our satisfaction you know what i mean yeah and we're no longer glorifying god yeah yeah so so now that's idolatry you know but it's all because of who we think we want to be, who we think our culture is telling us to be, who our parents or their parents are trying to tell them what to be, and and none of it's right, you know? So that that's really the biggest thing, and it, and it comes in all shapes and sizes, man, with and, those students. And, you know, it's crazy because we receive them, and, you know, when you say those students, you know, it's not an us versus them. Like, we receive, um, in our church, you know, we go to the same church, right? Mm-hmm. So we... Yeah, we receive people going through all kinds of walks in life. Yeah. And so I've had conversations with people um, that they have been, you know, expressing their, you know, how God has been calling them in, but they don't even know how to fit in. And even in, right. a, in a church environment. Exactly. Uh, and so I think that you've hit it on the nail when it comes to this identity, idolatry, that that's that's big. I uh, I'm thinking about youth groups i'm thinking about churches i'm thinking about parents yeah i'm thinking about how do then they help their teens their children uh how do they help continue to nurture this reality that we are not to conform into the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind uh just as in romans chapter mm-hmm. 12 mm-hmm. Uh, how do how do we how do we see this happening and it and i think in a way that 
is not out of touch with um with our culture does that make sense um i'm not saying water down the gospel by no, no of course means. not yeah uh i mean <laughs> really don't water down the gospel That's <laughs> not not neither sugarcoat the gospel either i'm i'm simply saying how do we put into effect what peter uh, says in first peter uh, three fifteen about you know how we present a defense of of of, of this faith that we have the uh, with gentleness, mm-hmm. how do we do that in a way that when we see someone, like in the schools, or, you know, with the teens, with the people that we're in, and engage, uh, having conversations with, how do we do it in a way that is gentle? You know, do we, without being affirming? Because I, I think, I think it's being it, like, I mean, cats out of the bag. I mean, if you're if you're gonna be this, if you're gonna have this affirming type of language, understand that. A, either you really are affirming, which means you're in complete opposition of what God teaches and what he wants you and I to be. Sure, yeah. Or B, you're lying and saying that you're affirming when in reality you're not. And so then you're being this covert affirming person when in reality what you're trying to do is to not affirm them and to try to get them to see things through your lenses. So how do... Does that make sense? Yeah, that I, ma- I think I think it's a couple of things. I think first and foremost, if if somebody is sharing with you some of their struggles i mean be quick to listen and and be slow to speak Ooh. i think i think that's big and and that definitely shows gentleness that shows sympathy for what that person is going through like i, I look at i look at christ and you know he 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 times that we see he was moved with compassion and i think we have to move with that very same compassion like we have to understand that although we don't agree with it and although we're not affirming like this is the reality of our culture and sin should hurt us to a point where it's like man i'm broken for you but i am coming with this truth which is the gospel not a watered down gospel but this is the full truth and you can share the full truth of the gospel yeah. in a loving way because it, it I mean, is you, a mess- you and i have seen i mean i'm, I'm taking back to that time when we were together and we saw this this young guy be broken down by in his tears. own sin yeah like he was just broken down in tears because he realized that's what my sin is is, is doing. Is yeah. doing. I mean, you are my witness. You saw this. I saw happen. it. I saw it. And uh, I, yeah, I think, I think sometimes we'll get moments like that. Not all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah. And again, this is just one. Like this is just one. Uh, the affirming the the whole affirming culture. All of, I mean, it's it's one thing. But then right. you have all these other things. Like, well, I'm, I'm the sports guy, or I I, I want to be. Uh, again a doctor or i want to be a mechanic or i want to be like this is who i want to be this is who i have to be this is all i know my right. father was this i want to so, be this so and particularly with athletes because i resonate with that the most like i i understand the struggle firsthand because i wanted to be an athlete and so like i told you i came to christ at 15 and i was still playing sports you know all throughout high school and so one of the things that i try and tell athletes is listen, like, don't stop being an athlete. Like, if you have a dream, like, put that dream in God's hands. We're not saying stop pursuing your dream. We're not saying stop dreaming. Like, I think scripture allows us to dream, you know, Mm -hmm. and scripture gives us that desire of what we want, and it's okay to bring that desire to the Lord. Amen. But, But what we are saying is recognize now what your priority has to be, you know? Like, Christ has called you into something beyond just being an athlete, because if you make it, you make millions of dollars. You can change your family's life forever. That's beautiful. 
But at the end of the day, like that treasure, when this earth leaves and when you leave, that's going to stay with the earth. It's not going to go to heaven. So what I try and do is I try and help people change their perspective without changing what they want as a person. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that's key because then what you're doing is you're bringing the, the light of the truth to them, but you're also being understanding of what they want as a person, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that my approach is a little bit different uh, because I haven't been an athlete and I don't know exactly what uh, goes through an athlete's mind. I, I tend to think first, um, <laughs> I'm more of like a like a realist per se, like, <laughs> like homie, like 4% of the, I don't know what the statistic is, but yeah. not everyone, if, if, I mean, less than everyone yeah. makes it, you know? And so I know, and a lot of kids know that, you know, but they don't want to hear it. And I never wanted to hear it. And my mom used to tell me that too. And I was like, you're my mom. What are you, you're supposed to be telling me I'm going to yeah, make yeah, it. Yeah, sweetie, you're going to make it. It's but okay. she's like you, she's a realist. And it's like, okay, I knew the truth. Like, you just, but you don't want to face it. I don't want to face it. Okay, you know? so then this is where I come in. This is where I come in. So, so man, that's awesome. Keep going at it. Keep uh-huh. pursuing that. Um, here, let me talk about some wisdom right, right here. And so, uh, wisdom is uh, uh, in in scripture. Wisdom means life skill. You know, that's what, yeah, yeah. So wisdom means life skill. Uh, mean, and not life skill in the sense that oh, I'm a good carpenter, but in the sense that I am skillful at life. That's what wisdom is. And so it's applied knowledge. This is, I have been living to such a degree that now I can live life with skill. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's, there's, there's the plug. And so what I try to do with um, anyone who is trying to pursue anything, and again, athletes, but whatever it is, hey, could you perhaps, as you're pursuing this, think about the future and think about how you're preparing yourself in a way that glorifies God, glorifies what he has for you. And so are you simply chasing a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's very important that we don't simply chase Absolutely. a dream. Absolutely. And so how are you positioning yourself in a way that honors God? And so yeah. what's one of the things that, for instance, we, we, we have um, uh, students that are great at sports, but they don't, they don't do good in school. Right. And so it's like, are you being wise? Are you honoring your mom and your dad or you honoring God right. through being exactly bad in school, but you're great in sports. And so you have to, then I, I that's why I come in. I was like, well, mm-hmm. what are you pursuing? Yeah. And you know, um, and when, when it comes to your life that will glorify God as you are doing this, yeah, as you go, I, I definitely agree with that approach. I, I've done that before. Like, I'll give you an example. Like I had a conversation with a student that wanted to pursue, you know, mixed martial arts and, um, you know, it was his dream, you know, and, and he, he gave his life to Jesus. And so we sat down, we had a conversation and I told him what I said, like, Hey, like this doesn't mean stop pursuing your dream, but understand, or let me ask you this. Like if that dream doesn't come true, would Jesus mean the same to you then than how he means to you right now? That's the question. And, and he was like, and he, he sat there and thought about it because I mean, that's the reality, you know, like, I guess that's one way that I'm going to say like, Hey, you're not guaranteed to make it or your dream is not guaranteed to come true. But I mean, Christ is more than just a dream. Like now he is your reality. Yeah. And so now like, is that same love is that same passion for, for Christ going to be the same when that dream doesn't come true? Yeah. Cause I think it's so easy that like, if you have Christ 
and then your dream come true like man now it's like that's like the perfect life right <laughs> you know what i mean right. but i mean not really but seriously like <laughs> but that, that's the way now even we in the christian world paint it out to be exactly like, yeah. exactly but that's not always the reality no we, we need to be content exactly we need to be joyful we need to rejoice in what christ has done that's what we think of the gospel you know we, mm-hmm. we think of that and so then uh in that sense then when it comes to our identity when it comes to our issues like man where does god want me to go what does he want me to do and how am i gonna make this happen you know i just i think about well how am i conforming to his image right am i following him am i pursuing him and uh is everything else just kind of lined up um again i'm you know, Matthew. Uh, when when Jesus, you know, seek Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added on to you. And so it's like we really truly have to seek Christ. Yeah, and that that is it. Mm-hmm. That is everything. And so in my sports, how am I seeking Christ? In my uh, my career, how am I seeking Christ? Yeah, in my business. In my business, right? Uh, just how am I doing this? You know, I think about. Psalm 1, you know, it's my favorite psalm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's meditating in God's word. And day and night blesses he who does not walk in step with the wicked, nor stand in the way of the mockers, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, scoffers, but yeah. whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day, day and, and night. night. And uh, I think about that. And I think about Joshua, mm-hmm. where God tells him to meditate in his, in his law day and day night. night yeah. And uh, we think about military leaders like joshua we think about regular life think about how do i meditate in god's word day and night <laughs> and be successful what do you like what is what does god want from me how am i gonna do this right because now the culture is saying like if you want to be successful like you got to spend 16 hours a day at your craft basically oh, yeah. like it's like a full-time job if you want to think about that 16 hours a day yeah. in your craft like there there is um you wow. probably you've probably heard the soundbite of like kobe you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But go for it. I yeah, mean, like he insert now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So so there's a soundbite of Kobe where you know he's comparing the person that wakes up at 8 a.m. to go to the gym and work out and how many workouts that person gets in a day compared to if you wake out wake up at four in the morning and and get workouts in. And so what he's saying is like you wake up at eight and you know you do your morning routine, you go and work out, you rest, you don't, you eat lunch, whatever, you do another workout. That's like two workouts in a day. But if you wake up at four. Now you're doubling your production and look how much more I got in, you know? And so now like kids are hearing those types of sound bites and it's like, yeah, like I want to, I, I got to do that. I have to dedicate every time that I have to do that. And then we leave Christ outside. Mm. We, we like, we like leave him behind in the rear view and, and we focus on whatever we want to pursue because we're being told that we're not going to make it unless we give in that amount of hours into what we want to do. So, so so then the question is well then how do I meditate in God's word day and night right and be successful and be my, successful at my craft I th- how do I do that I th- well okay so the question that they have to ask themselves is you know I mean what, I, I have the answer I, obviously, right but go but, for it. but what is that measure of success right and so you you hit on a word earlier you said content like am I content if I don't make it to the big leagues or if I don't make it to the top of the, the echelon or whatever. And by the way, content doesn't mean complacency. Exactly. That, that's key. Right, right. So. But but is that worth more pursuing than Christ? Mm. And I think if you answer that question honestly as a Christian, you know, and it might be a hard truth for you to swallow, but I mean, it's the reality, you know, like 
okay, if you make it, you make it, you know, but is Christ still glorified? Is Christ still a priority? You know, yeah. is, is he still worth following? And I think another thing too, that has to be considered is what if it's taken away like that? Like I think of Job, you know, like Job was blameless in the sight of God, you know? Yeah. And we understood why God did what he did with using Satan to take away the stuff, right? But the reality is like that can still be taken away in an instant. You know, you can get hurt. You can, you know, you can lose your job. You know, anything can happen, you know, but but God is not going to leave you. You know what I mean? And so understanding, you know, who God is in comparison to what we want to do or the things that we possess is important. And so to answer your question on meditating day and night, how do you do that? You know what I do? Tell me. I just pray scripture. Okay. I pray scripture. I mean, I dedicate my time to read, you know, but the reality is that you may not have 30 minutes in a day to read. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's, you know, it depends on the people. Like my mom, she's working 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You think she has 30 minutes? Like, I mean, she's a single parent as well, you know, like. Yeah, she didn't. Yeah, yeah she she doesn't, you know, but if you just. And, yeah, and by the way, when I think of your mom, I think of a woman of God. So yes. how does she do it, you know? Yes, yes. So I, I mean, praying scripture for me has always been the thing, you know, and I think when you do that, now what you're doing is you're you're putting God's word and you're repeating it to God. And now it's just in your brain because the idea of meditation in scripture is filling your mind. Right. Not not letting your mind go not, you not know empty your not mind. emptying your mind right um, yeah you're not doing all that right so when we're meditating scripture it's like we're filling our minds right. with god's word and his his word his scripture so um that's how i do it and then when my mind is filled to that point now i'm applying what i'm praying i'm applying what i'm reading and i think that's how i meditate because then i'm seeing wow this is how that can be applied and so then now i'm my sanctification is growing you know i'm growing in christ you know i'm maturing you know and and i'm seeing how god's word can be applied in everyday life yeah you know and not stopping what i'm doing not stopping what i want to do but but prioritizing my mentality like i'm filling my mind with not self-help books or how to get rich books or anything like that like i'm filling my mind with god's word at the end of the day man bro you know and i think um you hit it on the nail, and and if there's anything that I could add to that is um, something that I uh, picked up from uh, Jim Hamilton. Uh, he he said meditating in God's word is like the the nuance of the phrase meditation in the Hebrew uh, contains this idea of muttering, where I'm like just trying to think of the verse, mm-hmm. and as I'm muttering it, I'm thinking about what what what's the next thing that comes, what what comes after that, and so uh, which follows the step of the Hebrew practice of memorizing scripture because from the ages of five to eight all you did was you memorized the torah right and you just went at it you just went at it you just repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and then the older you got then you started with the prophets yeah yeah and uh with uh with the wisdom uh literature and so uh, with the writings and and so what happens is you have this by the time that you're an adult and this is way back in the hebrew culture when there was no internet when there was no uh uh, here, let's go ahead and do STEM work and let's do, no, it's just, this is all you do. This is it. Um, you see that someone like Joshua can learn, but which by the way, he saw the Torah being written. Now, how does he meditate on it? He still hasn't memorized it. He's been right, living it. Right. How does someone like him meditate in it? Well, it, it's remembering and it's continuing to, as, as you're going, as you're walking, as you're sitting, as in every instance, you're thinking about what, maybe what you read earlier in the morning. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, maybe what you read uh, a 
couple of weeks ago, yeah. what you heard in the sermon, whatever right. that thing is, I'm just going to meditate in God's word meditate. as I'm doing yeah. these things. And yeah, take time aside for sure to, to pray, to uh, practice that spiritual yeah, discipline. Yeah. We're, I'm not saying like, don't have your organized time to read, like, please do that. But, but what we're saying is like, as you do that, in addition to like throughout your day, like this is how you continue to make sure that what you read, right. that stays fresh. You know? I, I think, I think about Joshua again, meditate in my word day and night, right? Says God. And so it's like, can you imagine him as he's about to uh, lead the, the, the armies right. going into AI mm-hmm. and he tells the guys, all right guys, uh, Let's go ahead and I need you guys to infiltrate over here. And then actually, give me a moment. I need to meditate in God's word. But, but uh, Joshua, well, we need your help. I was like, yeah, yeah just, just hold on. I'll be right back. The enemy's right there, Joshua. What are we? Yeah, hold on. I'm going <laughs> to meditate in God. I'm going to empty my mind. <laughs> he wouldn't do that. You right. know? And so now they did have the practice of praying in different hours of the day. But the idea is that it's you're doing it as you go. Exactly. exactly. Doing it as you go. Uh, your mind never leaves it, which by the way, that would in essence help you get out of the troubles that, well, help us get out of the troubles that we usually get into, right? Yeah. And so how how easy is it that as you're not meditating in God's word every single day, but consuming social media, Mm -hmm. consuming everything, and then how easy is it for me to fall and believe a lie? I don't meditate in God's word. I'm going to be left susceptible to whatever doctrine whatever um new trend comes up yeah. whatever thing may appear out there whether it's the government or something else like i'm going to believe that far more because that is what i'm consuming the most exactly period yeah yeah it's gonna taste better to me by the way and i'll just do this plug over here i have a my wife's cousin has been staying with us uh he's he's in his late 40s and this was surprising to me so, I don't know if you know this, but in Cuba, the situation financially there is oh, I know, yeah. really bad, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, they don't have, they don't eat steak uh, over there. That's, you don't eat steak. It's just, it's just bad. Right. Uh, because it's against the law to eat steak over there. I mean, like, it, this is not me being, like, I'm not being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, inflammatory. This is just a reality. Right. Like, people just don't, you can't. It's against the law. So, he comes here, and I... I treat him. One of the times that he's with us, I treat him with my wife to Texas. The Brazil? The Brazil. Yeah, okay. And if you don't know what Texas or Brazil is, it's, uh, for those of you watching, oh, it's, it's a Brazilian steakhouse, okay? And uh, this is a buffet style. So right, they right. come to you, they serve you all the meats, all they the serve you all the cuts, yeah. everything. I'm uh-huh. telling you, everything. Here's the one rule in a place like Texas or Brazil, you don't go to the salad bar and you don't get rice and you don't get beans and you get any of that. Why? Because they ain't going to get full, full yeah. on all those things. Exactly. And what you went there for is the steak, is the meat, is the stuff. Well, my wife's cousin, and I told him this, I said, hey, don't go for those things. This is what we came for. He said, no, that's okay. All he ate was one little tiny piece of steak. Oh my goodness. And he stuffed himself in rice and beans. <laughs> I paid $45 for his plate. That's how you know that guy's from Cuba. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm messing, I'm messing. No, but it's, this is all he has yeah, known. known. right. This is all he does. And so obviously, if we can take this 
rice and beans and a little bit of steak. Of course, the all the steak splendor in this room is not going to feel as appetizing right, yeah. as rice and beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to... I'm, I'm a pastor, obviously. So, you know, I'm going to try to do one of those comparisons and whatnot. But isn't that what our culture, in a sense... Isn't that what we do? Yeah, We are absolutely. exposed to... To the to the menial, to the basic, to the things that really don't satisfy, and we find that more appetizing mm-hmm. and more satisfying than man, just getting that picanha, getting that mm, just getting that good old stuff. Why? Because this is all I grew up in. This is all I know. This is what I believe to be the best. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I can keep talking, but I think it's a good place. Uh, to stop, I don't know if you have any last uh, final thoughts on. No, man. I think um, we're gonna talk about the church too. We're gonna talk about the church. Yeah, that's so separate. That's separate, um, man. But I, I will say that if if there is someone, I guess, to the audience, um, that that you know is is going through the things that we're talking about and the challenges, and, and maybe if you're going through something like that, like I would say, first of all, if you're going through something like that, like go to a pastor, go to someone, a spiritual leader that you trust and have this kind of conversation. And then if if you're at a level where you're not going through things like that, but you know someone else that is, and it is a follower of Christ, then I think this is why we see discipleship as a priority of the church and our calling as far as the Great Commission to to make disciples. Because yeah, well, like, when people are exposed to the things that they're exposed to, and that's all they know, we're offering something that is eternal, first of all, and, and it's better, it's more fulfilling. Ooh. And so eternal, better and more fulfilling. Yeah. And like, we're discarding it. Exactly. Exactly. And so. so we need to be out there and we we need to be exposing people to what is really the benefit, you know, Amen. and that's 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 Christ. Amen. So that I will leave it at that. I think. Awesome. Well, don't forget to subscribe, like and share. Thank you so much for listening and watching to this uh, epic uh First episode. First episode, bro. That's, Ever. Man, congrats. So to many you. more to you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. To the 25 listeners. The, by the time this video drops, we're going to have... 26. 50. 26. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be All right. there. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Blessings, guys. <laughs>